Is the world model good? The basic thing we need to know about the model itself is, is it worth our time? Our time is valuable. Is the world model valuable enough to spend time paying attention to it? We can ask the same thing about Retrace itself. And we do. And we are. And I'm sorry if you're not sure, but you need to get sure. You're here. You need to get serious. We're serious. Too serious? Not serious enough. This is Retrace, segment number 28, Monday, October 24th, 2022, 11.51 p.m. Retrace is about what's going on out there. Retrace is trying to be about what's going on out there, but it's much harder than it looks. And a lot of people who think and act like they are about what's going on out there are not. And I can vouch for that because it is freaking hard and they're not doing any work. They're not doing work. Well, they're doing work, but they're not doing the work. Why do you ask? Is the world model good? Why do you ask that? I'll tell you why you ask that. Why do we need war? Oh, the answer why, the answer to why we ask that question. No, I'm going to take a drink first. The reason we ask the question, is the world model good, is because we need the world model. We need it and we need it to be good. We don't need it and need it and we're okay with it being bad. Why do we need the world model? We need to know what's going on out there. You, dear listener, need to know. Why? Because there's fun and doom to be had in the world. Fun and doom are the main reasons. Maybe there are other reasons. But fun and doom cover a lot of things. There's fun and doom to be had, and this causes us feelings. Don't you have feelings when you think about fun and doom? You should. If you don't, there's something wrong with you. The other reason um, we need to know what's going on out there is real deadlines. We've talked about deadlines extensively on this show. Real deadlines require us to act with imperfect knowledge or else miss the fun and succumb to the doom. Okay, so that's why we need to know what's going on out there. Why do we need a world model? That's why we need to, why do you need a world model? Just go around and look, because it's complicated. The world, it's hard to know. It's hard to know what's going on out there because it's big, out there is big, and and big things with a lot of stuff in them tend to be complicated. So the question we're asking tonight about the world model, whether it's good, is how would we know if it's good? What the heck does good mean? Try it. You try and convince somebody that you know what good means. I mean, it depends on who you're talking to. Some people are more easily convinced than others, but I'm not, and you shouldn't be. All right, enough. Enough with the lead-in. What is good? We want to know if the world model is good. What what makes anything good? This is hard. This is hard stuff. This is deep philosophy. Um, I went at it today, and... <sighs> I mean, I didn't. I'm not, I'm not at a loss. I've got. I've got. A, I've got a thing here. Like we're going to end up with a, a model, a good model, a good good model, which is to say, a model of what's good that is good itself is good. That it is is itself is good, right? Got it. Follow that. I came up with four things. So, how do we know if the world model number four and we're on world model number four? That four has nothing to do with the four things. How do we know if World Model 4, which is currently the latest one, how do we know if it's good? Well, if good has more than one meaning, um, we're going to have to talk about the different meanings of good. But I just want to interject here a little bit that G.E. Moore, the philosopher, says that it can't be defined, that it's sort of a primitive. He says that in Principia Ethica, which I haven't read, but I've read enough about and 
and I read the, the analytical table of contents and well, that's another, that's the thing I'm going to get into is this. Okay. We'll talk about that in a second, what that analytical table of contents reveals and skipping ahead. The analysis is a tar pit as with other things, as with the world model itself or the world. It's hard to know because it's big and complicated. Back on track. Here are the four things I came up with. The four meanings, or at least the most obvious four meanings of good that will tell us whether or not our world model is good or anything that Retrace has to offer is good. The first one is good as in right. Like that's the good, right thing to do. Moral and ethical good. Um... How should we understand this? It's like it, it, it's something like the caring about caring about the doom of others, which in our world model terms is micro, partial, and individual um, threat modeling of others, and the other level, the higher levels of local, which is your group, and then global catastrophic risk, global threat modeling. Um, those sort of already automatically care about the good of others or, or, or the doom of others, I should say, um, but it's not. It's not morally good because it's sort of automatic. It's sort of self-interested caring above a certain level. This is sort of a technicality, but just if you dig into this stuff, you're going to find this technicality, and I just want to address it. Um, okay, so maybe when we talk about moral and ethical good, we're talking about caring about the doom of others. We could be talking about Schopenhauer's com- conception of compassion, his two, two fundamental problems of ethics. The first one, uh, or the second, I think it's the second one. Again, like these people, these philosophers, they've just reached me. I'm not a scholar of this stuff. I haven't studied them deeply. Schopenhauer, I like. I like what I've seen of him. Um, Kierkegaard's being that self, which one truly is, which he says is the opposite of despair. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, But I haven't studied Kierkegaard. I'm not going to tell you about Kierkegaard. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing his name correctly, but... I can't, I can't care about these things. Scanlon's Contractualism, his book, um, What We Owe to Others, I think it is. Again, I, well, you know, it's sort of a utilitarian-based, rule-based conception of what's, what's good. And then McCaskill, more recently, with effective altruism. These are all forms of right, moral, ethical good, okay? So that's number one. Is the world model right, moral, and ethical? I don't know. I, I haven't really evaluated it yet, but this is on that dimension. Um... We'll come back to that one. I, uh, okay, I, I've been more focused on the the other kinds of good for this simple reason. There, you know, there have been many good thoughts and insights about the moral and the ethical good, um, but there's no morality if we're dead. So that brings us to good version number two, or not, or, or good dimension number two, which is: is it true? Is it accurate? Is it, does it resemble reality? Does the world model resemble reality? Okay, so that's aspect number two. Um, and we can think of, you know, the, the quote that I opened, read segment one with the Bertrand Russell, you know, true expectations. Do our inferential habits, um, you know, lead us to more true expectations of nature and, and which, which, is, which, is a, which is necessary for adaptation, biological survival, that sort of true. Is it accurate? Does it resemble reality? You know, if my mental model says that if I jump off a cliff, I'm going to fly, it's not a true expectation. You know, if you change the time order of that and you, all right, enough. Uh, the other thing that, and this gets a little bit more wild, is, um, is it good in terms of uh, purposes of fitness, like adaptively good? Like, forget about whether it's morally right, forget about whether it's true to reality, which we might not even be able to 
get to very directly. Um, does it help us achieve our goals? Is it good in the sense that it's fit for purpose? If we want to achieve survival, if we want to thrive, we have goals. Is the world model good for that? And actually, Hoffman has this hypothesis, fitness beats uh, fitness beats truth. I wrote FTB, but it's FBT, isn't it? Fitness beats truth. The, his book is um, uh, The Case Against Reality, and the argument, more or less, is... Um, because of Darwinian, because of natural selection, which is sort of an algorithm that's much bigger than biological evolution on Earth or even in the whole universe, it's it's what Dennett calls a universal acid test. Um, that it's mathematically, and he didn't do the math; someone else did the math, and he says the math proved him right. But mathematically, uh, that our perception of reality is at least as likely to be in service of adaptation and survival as it is to be um uh faithful to the truth or have high fidelity to the to uh, high fidelity to reality it, it's like we what we perceive the way we perceive the world is not at all necessarily connected to how the world really is but it is all a hundred percent connected to what um makes us more fit and better at surviving so is it fit is it good in the sense of fit for purpose which is most broadly, our survival. And finally, and those are the real, the three main, you know, is it right morally? Is it true, accurate, or is it fit for purpose? You know, is it, is it a good tool for survival? The fourth, the fourth kind of good is just mixing them correctly. Those are, you can think of that as the three-dimensional space. You know, you got X, Y, and Z axes, and you just put your little dot about when you're talking about how good something is or whether or not it's good. Maybe you only care about it being true. You put it all the way to the, which one's going to be uh, true will be the y-axis. Put it all the way to the top. Doesn't matter whether it goes forward or backward in terms of fitness. Doesn't matter whether it goes left or right in terms of um, morality. As long as it's anywhere up in that plane. Am I being too geometric here? Um, you're fine with it. But really, most people are going to want to place their dot somewhere in that little three-dimensional space. That's the mixture. Do we get a good mixture? Is the world model a good mixture of being morally right, um, faithful to reality and fit for purpose of survival that's what i've got those four things three three plus the mixture of the of the first three which is the fourth one the problem with and and i call it rtfm right true fit and mixed rtfm read the effing manual rtfm right true fit and mixed that's how we what is that that's a that's a model that's a mo that's a good model i don't know if it's a good good model but it's a model of the good we have to have a model and Funnily enough, it'll be built into our world model, I think. It, it has to be a module within the world model. Ooh, we're at 11 minutes. Okay, two problems with, um, with the RTFM good model. And they're, they're basically the same problems that arise with the world model itself. First, the first problem is that analysis is a tar pit. That if you read the, the analytical table of contents of G.E. Moore's Principium Ethica, you realize, man, you can go down a rabbit hole and never come out. And, and, and you know, this... I don't have Principia Ethica. I don't have a copy of it yet. Uh, but, you know, half of this Oxford philosophy from 2004, I think it is, uh, which I love these things, the, the Oxford Companions, Mind and Philosophy. I love them. We get a lot of mileage out of them. Um, half of it's devoted to this stuff. And there's nothing decisive or conclusive. But it's just not the morality and reality and Darwinian fitness and all that stuff. They don't lend themselves to straightforward, concrete, easy math physics answers. 
Um, that's the first problem. Analysis is a tar pit. The second problem is you must act now. Real deadlines. The, I, the person I like the best lately on this is um, George Kennan, who's quoted in, um, in the book The Danger Zone, which is about Taiwan and China, which we haven't talked about, but they are on the, hypothes- they're, they're on the unpublished hypotheses list uh, here at Retrace. Um, and he's, so they, in, in The Danger Zone, they say this. It's you know, sort of paraphrasing and then quoting George Kennan. He's a Cold War strategist and diplomat, early Cold War, 40s and 50s. I think he made it into the 60s doing stuff, but he's a um, big-picture kind of guy. And he said about the situation, you know, the Soviets versus, you know, the Americans versus the Soviets and, and the intensity of the, the problems and, and scope. He said, it's impossible, they're paraphrasing him, it's impossible to come up with perfect answers to an avalanche of problems. Now quoting Kennan, the only way we could ever, quoting his papers like deep in, deep in the archives here, the only way we could ever hope to solve them would be if we could persuade the world to stand still for six months. While we sit down and think it over, he said. But life does not stand still, and the resulting confusion is terrific. That's what we're talking about. That's a that's the second problem of RTFM, the good model. That's the that's one of the two problems of 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 a world model in the first place is that it's hard to know because out there is so big and complicated. Enough. We've talked a little bit about good. We did not evaluate World Model 4. We're going to have to evaluate it on the fly. It's going to, it's, it's going to be a work in progress. This has been Retraced segment number 28, Monday, October 24th. Why am I saying all that again? Full show notes are in PDF form. That's the best way to read them. Um, references will be in those show notes. And we will see you again around, let's say, midnight. 11.45 is really the sweet spot. Signing off.